Good morning, St. John's. On this Labor Day weekend, on this Labor Day weekend show, which I'll get back to in a moment, I am reminded, I remember a conversation I had with one of my spiritual mentors who was a a monk, and he was a hermit, and he blessed me with some time by coming out of his hermitage to talk with me many years ago. And he told me that today the great prophets are storytellers, songwriters, and movie makers. And I think that's true. And so I can't let this thing go by that uh, our beloved friend Jimmy Buffett, song reader, storyteller. And so I don't know about you, but I can show my age by saying I grew up (laughs) with those songs. And so they come back and they are coming out. And on this Labor Day weekend show, I would remind us uh, about the big picture, as it were, about what we're doing here in the context of the stories that we're about to talk about. In the box churches, in the American-style church, you have three components like you do in any kind of drama. I like to think that we're in the middle of a musical because we are encouraged to sing and to hear the music. But let's just use that idea, the musical, the drama. In the big box churches, in the new American religious buildings, you have God as the director, and the preacher, and the choir as the performers. And that makes the congregation the audience. So I want you to think about being in those buildings. But in the liturgical churches, of which we are, the work of the people, what we believe is happening here, beloved, is that God, we'll get back to God in a second, but the preacher and the priests and the choir and the ministers, we are the scriptwriters. And we are the directors. But you are the performers. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. So that leaves God as the audience. So we are called to be part of the show to be participants, to come onto the stage and take our place, to take the Holy Scripture and the characters and the stories and say, that's me. I belong there. That's what I want to do. That's what I'm called to do. And so we look today at Moses, and Peter, 
And I want to stop and make mention of the fact that this is Labor Day weekend. I want to note for you and me to understand that Moses and Peter were hard workers. They had labor-intensive jobs. Moses was a shepherd. For 40 years, we're told, he wandered with these sheep. We'll get back to that in a minute. Peter fished for a living. And I never quite understood that because I grew up fishing. And I love fishing to this day. And many years ago, I was blessed with going to Alaska and fishing on the Connecticut Peninsula. Flew in, flew out. Spent the whole time with this little rod and reel, learned how to fly fish for the first time. But we had this opportunity to go into one of the indigenous villages among the native folk who made fishing their livelihood, and their livelihood was fishing. And I can remember walking down the street and looking at a very short man carrying a motor, about as big as he was, with his cast net thrown over the other shoulder. And I looked at my little rod and my reel and my tackle box, and I said, oh, I get it. 16 hours a day, hard labor, labor day. So God has chosen two who work hard, ordinary folk. Rocky Johnson fishes for a living. You remember Rocky Johnson? Simon Barjona? becomes Peter, Rocky, son of John, Rocky Johnson. Just to put the fact that we're talking about normal folk who work hard for a living. So remember that this day, this Labor Day weekend. So what do we learn? How do we call ourselves into the story? Let's go back to the idea of the liturgy and the show. We are invited to participate in the holy drama, a musical as it were, and to take our part. And this is where we take our place on the stage, here, holy ground, sacred space. It's been set aside for us to be drawn into the story and to participate in that story. And so we look at the life of Moses and what do we learn from him that we can live into at this place. We are called to holy ground in the midst of our work. And an angel appears and a burning bush appears. Pastor Tony Evans says, Moses probably suffered like you and I. We had the same old, same old disease. We saw that bush every single day for 40 years. We walked past it every day. And then one day, the bush starts burning, the one that's always been there. And an angel 
proclaims the presence of the living God. We have a burning bush. We are invited to come in day by day, week by week. The procession leads us to holy ground and invites us to come to holy ground. Peter. Peter is both the rock upon which the church is built and the stumbling block. Both and. And God still uses Peter to the very end. In the story of Peter, today, we have to remember that Peter, like the other disciples, left Caesarea Philippi behind, the city of the empire of Rome and the nation of Philip. Jesus calls him away from the empire into the kingdom of God. We make that same decision Sunday by Sunday. We walk past the baptismal font and we renounce empire in order to come forward to embrace the kingdom. The burning bush waits for us And just like with Moses, God wants us to come closer and closer. Did you notice that one quarter inch of leather on Moses' sandals was too far away? So Moses had to take off those sandals because God invited him to come closer and deeper. And on a Sunday-by-Sunday Sunday basis, God calls us to be closer and closer. Indeed, he calls us to be so close that he gives himself in the form of bread and wine, the body and blood, and we ingest that. And we become one with God, and God becomes one with us. We are invited to holy ground to come closer, so close that God is in us and we are in God. You are invited Sunday by Sunday to participate in that, that story, to make God real, to come to the burning bush, to come closer and closer. This is holy ground, and I'm often reminded of how the cathedral is so much holy ground and a part of my life. Many years ago, before I was a priest, I was over here at St. John's Cathedral for a conference led by Father John, and he had written a book sometimes, sometime in the 70s called, Will Our Children Have Faith? 
And in this book, he reminded us that faith is caught, not necessarily taught. It is by watching us, our children gain faith, when we come to holy ground and we accept the faith of the church and we live it out. But he was telling a story in Tolliver Hall, and Tolliver Hall was set up a little bit like it is today, except there was a sofa sitting in the back. And he turned and he looked at the sofa and he said, oh, it reminds me of a story that took place at Canuga, another holy ground. And he told the story about one day, one week, he was doing a youth conference. And the youth conference, he was the main speaker. And he was sitting there in a room very similar to, uh, to, uh, to, to Tolliver Hall, but much bigger. And there was a setting very much with a sofa back behind there and a piano. And there were two children, children that belonged to a couple of the youth leaders. You got the story so far? And these two little children came up and started bothering this PhD professor at Duke Divinity School and started bothering him. Every time he went to speak, the little kid came up and said, hey, Father John, do you believe in angels? Yeah, I believe in angels. What else is the priest going to say, right? But every time he went to speak, another time the child would come up and say, do you believe in angels? And finally he said, yes, I believe in angels. And one of the children said, hey, you believe angels are everywhere? Yes, I believe angels are everywhere. Says, do you believe they're over behind that sofa? John, Father John said nothing. He went on to teach. And then there was this incident. The incident occurred that one night on this week-long conference, wallets, money, and personal belongings were all stolen out of the room. And these were primarily middle school and high school kids. So John got up and he watched the furor. People were angry and they wanted blood. And for whatever reason, what we do when we have youth conferences, we separate the boys from the girls. Why we do that, I don't know, but he did. And then he told the story about the woman who got caught in adultery. You remember that story? So he tells the story, and a young man heard that story and made it his. So he walked up with his backpack, and he dumped wallets, cash, and personal belongings on the little table, dropped his head, and began to leave. And someone shouted out, we love you. Don't go. And as he began to walk down that center aisle between the boys and the girls, one voice after another said, we love you. Don't go. It was repeated over and over. And then finally, a group of the young folks ran out to him and grabbed him and hugged him and said, we love you. Don't go. Reconciliation and grace appeared. So John ends the story with the following. He said, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe strongly that the first voice that cried out, don't go, we love you, 
came from the sofa. They lived into the story, and they took their part. Sunday by Sunday, we are called to holy ground and invited to take our place in the story. With angels and archangels and all the saints, you are invited to holy ground and take your place in the story. Thank you for listening.